Man, it's so good to see everyone here this morning. I want to welcome all of our visitors and guests. If you're visiting with us for the first time, man, we hope you found us to be a friendly congregation, and we certainly hope that you'll come back and visit with us again any chance that you may have. But for those of you who are here today, we welcome you, and for those of you who are watching online and worshiping with us on, online, we're glad that you're joining us as well. Before I get started, I want to welcome a new family to Central, and I'll put all their information in the bulletin, but we have Ron and his mom, Robin, and her husband, Randy, and if y'all will, just kind of wave your hand this morning. Uh, they wish to be a part of our Central family, so we welcome them. If you haven't got to meet them yet, they're one of the sweetest families you'll meet, so make sure that you welcome them. And we just want you guys to know that we are so glad to have you here. All right, well, if you were unable to be here last week, or if you're just tuning in for the first time online, right now we're in a series entitled Making the Right Choice. And what we're doing in this series is we're talking about some of those important daily decisions that all of us have to make. And, and these decisions, these choices that we make are so important. They are so vital because as I said last week, really we are the sum, the sum total of the choices that we've made, right? In other words, who we are today is because of the choices that we made in the past. And whatever choices that we make today is going to determine who, will be, who we will become and what we're able to do in the future. And so our choices are really, really important. Now, last week we began this series by talking about the importance of choosing purpose over popularity. Now, if you missed that lesson, I want to encourage you to go back and you can watch it off of our church webpage or you can watch it off of our uh, church Facebook page or you can just go directly to YouTube. It's on there as well. But today, we're going to talk about another important choice that we have to make and that is choosing surrender over control. Now, I want to begin this morning by asking a question. How many of you would be honest enough to say that there is some area of your life where you love to have control? Raise your hand. Now, for those of you who may be thinking in your mind, I would love to raise the hand of the person sitting next to me. Uh, this lesson is probably for you as well. <laughs> Uh, but how many of you would say, you'd be honest, say that there's some areas I would love to have control. Maybe for you, it's work. I mean, at work, you're like, okay, I want it this way, and I want it done that way, and I want it done by this time, and if you don't do it right, then I'll just do it myself. Does that sound familiar? Maybe some of you work with someone like that. Maybe you are that person. But for you, maybe it's not work. Maybe where you like to have control is within the home. You know, everything has a place. You know, it has to be done a certain way within your home. Don't touch this and don't touch that. And, well, I'll, I'll tell you guys a story. She may kill me this morning. 
But I remember when Julie and I first got married, almost 25 years ago, Julie had a certain way that the towels had to be folded. And let me tell you something. If you folded those towels any other way, it was not right, and it had to be refolded. Now, for me, it was the toothpaste. I'm like, look, honey, don't squeeze the toothpaste in the middle. you got to work it up from the bottom, right? And some of y'all are like, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. You, you, you know, you, you kind of roll it up from the bottom. But I think probably all of us can relate at times within the home with certain things we won't control. Maybe for you it's the toilet paper. Any of you deal with the whole over or under thing with, with the toilet paper? And it's like, listen, yeah, some of you are like, it's over, it's over. And then others of you now, you're, you know, you got to pull it from the bottom. And, and that's the way you want it done. And, and any other way is not acceptable. But maybe it's not in the home. Maybe you won't control in the area of the church. You know, I want these songs sung, and I want things done this way. We see this actually in Scripture, 3 John 9, where it talks about a guy by the name of Diotrephes. Diotrephes, who loved to be the what? The leader does not acknowledge our authority. In other words, Diotrephes wanted control over the church. And so he did not regard the authorities of any, the authority of anyone else. And so maybe it's work, maybe it's a home, maybe it's within the church, or maybe it's not an area at all. Maybe it's certain people that you want to control. Maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your, this is going to hurt a little bit, your grown kids. Don't you do that with my grandbabies. Right? Or, or, you know, you need to be here. You need to do this. Maybe you won't control over their, those kids. Or, or maybe it's not your kids. Maybe it's your parents. Or maybe you won't control over your spouse. Or maybe it's your friends. You, you want to control how they act and, and what they do. One of my big things, and, and Julie will tell you I'm confessing this morning, is I'm a little controlling of Julie when she's driving. I will admit, and, and I don't know if this is my age, but I am to the point now to where I do not like to drive. And, you know, it's just really bad when it's I-4 or it's, you know, 27, and, and it's even bad in Winter Haven. I, I don't like to drive, and so just about everywhere we go, Julie drives, and I will sit in the, the passenger seat, and the whole time I'm telling her what to do. Sound familiar with anybody? I'm like, look, slow down. Or, or listen, you need to be going this way, not that way. And my kids got to see this yesterday. I'm like, honey, the parking place is right there. We don't have to have the closest one. Just stop and park right here. But so oftentimes, you know, I, I admit to you, I, I want that control. 
But what I want to do today is I want to address this issue of control. And, and I know that it's kind of fun to, to make fun of, but the reality is this. Whenever we're trying to control something that's not ours to control, it can be a reflection of a really big spiritual problem. And you say, well, well Slade, I, I, I don't understand what you're talking about. Well, what we can be tempted to do, even as Christians, is we can try and take the place of God. Are you with me? I, I want control over this situation, and I feel like I know what's best, even more than God. Let me share a, a scripture with you this morning. And I would say that this is probably one of the most popular verses in the Bible. may even be one of the most popular quoted verses in the Bible. But I would also add to that that it is probably one of the most difficult verses in the Bible to live by. It's Proverbs chapter 3. Verses 5 through 6. Some of you are looking at this and you're like, oh yeah, 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 trust in the Lord. I, I, I know this, this passage. Of course you do. Very popular verse. Just really, really hard to do. Notice what Solomon writes. Trust in the Lord. Let's say that together on the count of three. You ready? One, two, three. Trust in the Lord. Now, the word that's translated as trust there actually means to lie helpless, face down. In other words, when we trust God, we, we come to God helpless. We, we put ourselves, we put our lives into His hands. Are you with me? Trust in the Lord, and then what does He say? With what? With all your heart. Now, that's, that's very, very important. In other words, our trust in God, if it's going to be true, it's got to be complete. And what I mean by that is we can't halfway trust God with something and halfway trust ourselves or, or halfway trust something else or someone else. We've got to put our complete trust in Him. Or it's not trust at all. And then what does he say? And, and this is probably the most difficult part for me. And lean not on your what? Your own understanding. Your own understanding. Mm. That's hard for slate. Because I want to know. Anybody else that, that way? I, I, I want to know why. I, I want to understand why this is happening. In other words, what I'm saying is, I want control. But he goes on to say, in all what? In all your ways. That's, that's everything. In all your ways, do what? Submit or surrender to him. Some of your translations may say, acknowledge him, look to him. And who will make your path straight? You? He will. he will. 
Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to Him, and He will make your paths straight. But how many of you would openly admit that's really, really hard? It is. It's, it's tough to, to let go of that control. But here's what we have to understand. The more we take control, the more we become afraid of losing control. And so there's this cycle of fear that begins when we're not in control. And essentially, we can be tempted to try and edge God out. God, I want control of this. I know what's best. I know what needs to be done here. Let me give you a biblical example this morning of a family that wanted control, and they took control. Their names are Abram and Sarah. Now, later on, some of you may know that their names are changed to Sarah and Abraham. But here's the deal. Sarah wanted a baby, but the problem was she was barren. She couldn't have children. But here's the good news. God comes to Abraham and he says, listen, man. He says, I am going to make you the father of a great nation. I am going to give you a son. And so you can imagine how happy Abram and Sarah were. But then guess what happens for the next several years? Guess what happens? Nothing. God is silent. And so Sarah is not happy with that. God is not doing what He said He would do the way I want Him to do it. He's not doing what He said He would do in my timing. And so watch what happens. Genesis 16, 1 and 2. Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, had borne him no children, but she had an Egyptian slave named Hagar. So she said to Abram, The Lord has kept me from having children. Go and sleep with my slave. Notice what Sarah does. She tries to take control. She says, I, I want you to go, Abraham. I, I have a maidservant, Hagar, and I want you to have a baby through Hagar. And of course, during that day and time in that culture, in some way, that would be their child. And so this is what happens, verses 2 through 4. So Abram agreed to what Sarah said. After Abram had been living in Canaan ten years, Sarah, his wife, took her Egyptian slave, Hagar, and gave her to her husband to be his wife. He slept with her and she conceived. In other words, she became pregnant. And some of you are thinking, see, Slate, it doesn't always work out bad. She took control and look, they're going to have a baby now. Hagar is pregnant. Let's keep reading. When she knew that Hagar knew she was pregnant, she began to despise her mistress. She began to despise Sarah. Then Sarah said to Abraham, you are responsible for the wrong I am suffering. I put my slave in your arms, and now she knows she is pregnant. She despises me. May the Lord judge between you and me. 
And I love Abram's answer. Hey, your slave is in your hands. Do with her whatever you think best. Then Sarai ill-treated Hagar as she fled from her. And so notice what happens. This is control gone bad. Right? You have Sarai who wants a child. When God doesn't give it to her in her timing, she gives Abraham to her maidservant to have a baby. And she gets pregnant. And Hagar starts to mistreat Sarai because she is pregnant. And then Abram and Sarai, they start to have friction with one another in their marriage. And so Abraham throws up his hands and he says, do whatever you want with her. And so Sarai starts to mistreat Hagar until finally Hagar leaves. Boy, that turned out well, didn't it? Actually, it's a lot bigger than this. And some of you know what I'm talking about. Hagar has a son by the name of Ishmael. And then later on, just as God promised, God gives Sarai a boy or a son by the name of Isaac. And if you go back and you study those two lineages, Ishmael, or out of Ishmael comes the Palestinians. Out of Ishmael comes Muhammad. And out of Isaac comes the Jews. And, and out of Isaac comes the Messiah, Jesus. Well, guess what? For centuries, the Palestinians and the Jews have been at each other's throats. And also, you have people who just are totally confused. Do I follow Muhammad or do I follow Jesus? Why? Because... One person decided, you know what, we need to do this my way. I, I know what's best. Write this down. When we try and take control and we're not surrendered to God, we rarely ever get it right. Can I get an amen? I know I'm not the only one who's flubbed that up and tried to take things into my own hand. And by the end of the story, it's not pretty. And I've made a mess of things. And that's what happens to Abram and Sarah. This morning, you can write it down. You can just kind of gather your thoughts on this. But what I want you to do is I want you to think about where you are tempted to take control. Where you love to have control. Again, maybe it's your kids. Maybe it's your grown kids. Maybe it's your spouse. Maybe it's your parents. Maybe it's work. Maybe you want to control someone's happiness. Or, or maybe you want to control someone's health to the point you want to put them in a bubble and know you can't go here and you can't go there. You know, you want to make sure nothing ever happens to them. Or maybe for you, it's, you know, uh, it's, it's what people think of you. Or, or maybe it's the government, or maybe it's the economy, or maybe it's gas prices, or maybe it's change. What do you want to control? And then what I want you to do is, I want you to take that and I want you to run it through three questions. I think this, these three questions will really help us. First of all, is this worth my concern? Is 
Is this, is this worth me getting upset about? Is this worth me worrying about? Is it worth my concern? Listen, write this down this morning. This is important. In a relationship, you can have control or you can have intimacy, but you cannot have both. Write that down. And you can bank on it. You can either have control or you can have intimacy. But in a relationship, you cannot have both. In other words, sometimes we're tempted to get upset about things that really aren't that big of a deal. And what we end up doing is we hurt those around us. We hurt our relationships. Just like with the toothpaste. Just like with the towels. Just like with this parking place or that parking place. Is it really worth getting upset about? Does it matter that much if one day your child walks out of the house and they're not completely matching and their hair is, is not fixed just right? I mean, five years from now, is that going to keep them from getting in to the college they want to get into? Is, is that going to you know, end up putting them out on the streets. Is it really that big of a deal? You see, some of us, and I'm including myself, at times we just need to take a, take a deep breath. Because we drive everyone else crazy. Because we want control. The other day when I, I got upset, I, it, I think it was the driving or, or what else, whatever it, it was. After it was over, Julie private, privately was talking to me and she says, was that really worth making everyone miserable for the rest of the day? You see where I'm going with this? Is, is it really worth all of that? Is it worth our concern? Here's question number two. Is this mind to control? Is this something I should do something about? Now, obviously, sometimes the answer is yes, right? How many of you know that God won't do everything for you? Right? I mean, God wants you to do some things your, yourself. There's, there's a big difference in surrendering control and relinquishing responsibility, right? Surrendering control doesn't mean you relinquish responsibility. For example, if you're messed up financially, you don't just sit back and say, oh, God's going to bring me through this. No, you go out and you get a job. Or, or you do a budget and you say, you know what, I'm going to spend less than what I actually make. Or you know what, I, I'm going to go out and I'm going to get a second job. But there are some things that I need to do in your marriage. If you're having trouble in your marriage, what can you do? Well, you can adjust your heart. You can evaluate yourself. You can suggest to your spouse, hey, you know, I think it'd be a really good, good idea if we got some counseling. Is this mind to control 
Or, and here's question number three, is it for God alone? Is this one of those areas that I'm trying to control, but it is not mine to control? And man, we can throw all kind of things out there, right? There are all kind of things that we worry about and stress over, and, and, and man, we, we want to, to work it to where it, it works out the way we want it to, but there's, there's just no way. It's, it's out of our control. Think about Paul in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Paul is in prison. And this is what Paul writes. He says, do not be, what church? Anxious about what? About anything. Man, that's tough, isn't it? It's like, why did that have to be in the Bible? And then he goes on, but in what? In every situation. Notice he doesn't say, well, in some situations. But in every situation, by what? By prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, do what? Present your request to God. In other words, pray about it. Give it to God. Surrender it to Him. Now, I know so oftentimes as Christians, even, we're, we're tempted to say things like, well, all we can do now is pray. You ever heard somebody say that? All we can do now is give it to God. He was our last shot. It's over. There's, there's no hope in God, right? I mean, that's what it sounds like, doesn't it? When, when we use that phraseology, I mean, I, I, would, I would really encourage us to, to think about that before we ever use those words. Because here's the truth. Hebrews chapter 4, verse 16, we can come boldly before the throne of grace. We have direct access to God when we pray. Do you realize that? And this is the same God who in Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, says that all things are possible with me. And so in every situation, we give it to God. We surrender it to God. We, we pray to God. And, and Paul says, listen, when you pray, he says, pray with thanksgiving. Because, and I think there are several reasons, because number one, God hears us. We can have confidence in that. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14. We come before God with thanksgiving because He cares about us. 1 Peter chapter 5, I believe that's actually supposed to be verse 7. But we also come to God with thanksgiving because as Paul wrote in Romans 8, 28, God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to His purpose. And so we come before God and we, we thank Him. And we surrender it. We surrender them. We, we surrender whatever we're going through to Him. And then look at the next verse in Philippians chapter 4. Notice what Paul goes on to write. And the peace of God. It's a supernatural peace. 
which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. How, how many of you have ever been going through something absolutely terrible, but you had this peace, you had this joy even, and, and people are looking at you and they're like, how are you remaining so calm? I would have never been able to, to handle a situation that, like you're going through, like, like you're handling it. And, and how many of you have ever told someone, you know what, I have no idea. I know the situation's bad, but, but I just I have this peace. I know God's got it. Paul writes in Romans 15, 13, I pray that God, the source of hope, will fill you with joy and peace because... Where does joy and peace come from? Because you trust Him. We can have peace in anything. We can have joy in anything when, when we truly trust God. When we come to Him helpless and, and we say, God, I'm, I'm in your hands. and I, I know you love me and I know you care about me and I know you want what's best for me and I, I know you're, you're listening to me right now. And I know you can take anything and, and you can turn it around for, for greater good. And so I, I just, I trust you in this. And then you will overflow with confident hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. You're married and your spouse is making bad decisions. Let me ask you a question. Can you change your spouse? No. You can push them away. You can drive them crazy. You may even get them to con conform to some behavior for a while, but you can't change your spouse. But God can. I had a lady tell me one time, and I thought this was so good. She said, you know what? Marriage got really sweet for me when I began to realize that I could not be my husband's Holy Spirit. That's pretty good. But maybe it's, it's not your spouse. Maybe... Physically for you or physically for someone that you love. They're not doing well. Maybe they have cancer. Can you heal cancer? They can take chemo. You can take chemo. You can go to the best doctors around. You can eat all the right foods. But here's the thing. You can't heal, but God is the great physician. I give it to you, God. I trust you. And some of you know what it's like to get that kind of news, right? When, when you, you've got cancer, and, and I, I hear that that's just almost terrifying. But I love this passage, Psalm chapter 56, verse 3. When I am afraid, I what? Put my trust in you. Psalm 112, verse 7. They do not fear bad news. Why? They confidently trust the Lord to care for them. But, but maybe it's not physical health. Maybe it's your kid's future. 
Can you control your kid's future? Listen, one day they're going to they're gonna move out and they're going to be gone and they're going to be making choices on their own. Can you ultimately change your kid's future? No. But you know what? God can actively be involved in their future, leading them in the right and wise ways. God, I give my kids to you. I trust them to you. Is it worth my concern? A lot of times it's not. Then let's let it go. Is it mine to control? If it is, we do something about it. If it's not, we just give it to God and trust Him. I'll leave you with two passages that I think speaks into this. Psalm 46, verse 10. Read this to yourself. And then I really love this one. Ecclesiastes 3.11. He, that's God, has made everything what? Beautiful in its time. He also has set eternity in the human heart, yet no one can fathom what God has done from beginning to end. You see, there is beauty in everything that God has created. He created all things and, and upholds all things with, with purpose. And, and we may not understand the purpose. We may not understand why God allows for things to happen in our lives. However... We can trust that He has a beautiful purpose for it. But again, as I said last week, it's our choice, right? We have to choose whether we are going to surrender or whether we are going to take control ourselves. And again, when we try and take control, very seldom does it ever work out right. And so choose surrender. And I can't think of anyone better to surrender our lives to than God. Because He loves us. He cares for us. He loves us and cares for us so much that He sent His Son to die for our sins. And it may be that for some of you, maybe you're watching online, you need to give your life to Jesus. You need to put on Christ in baptism, surrendering yourself to God. And through the blood of Jesus, all our sins can be washed away. And as we continue to surrender day in and day out, God takes our lives and He molds them like a potter molds clay into what it needs to be. This morning, we're going to go ahead and take the Lord's Supper. We're going to sing a song, have Scripture, and then we have an opportunity to remember just how much God loves us. But if you need to, to talk to me or you need to talk to one of our elders, if you need prayers this morning, we would love to talk to you after it's over. You can contact us, you can email us, but we would love to encourage you in whatever way that we can.